We are back with another episode of Beers and Pickskins College Football Edition. It is a beautiful day here in Texas. The weather finally is cooling off in the 70s and 80s with some rain. Thought it would never come. Um, And we are getting ready to go into week number three of the college football season after a fun weekend wrap-up we had with some exciting action. Uh, We're just going to kind of get straight into it here, Jacob. How are we feeling today? Yeah, well, to be honest, uh, with all of you out there, we just spent about two hours working on IT issues. And, well, you've got a dumb and dumber situation over here because we had it good for two weeks. We're trying to make the audio even better. And, well, uh, it's kind of one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we really broke it. And this is the best we could come up with for this week. Um, we actually have two microphones here. Uh, we're back to one. We don't really know why, <laughs> but we're rolling with it. But ready to talk about some college football. Um, you know, one very big, interesting game over the weekend. And uh, a couple that we want to get into and chat about a little bit. Kind of still a light week. Not too many interesting matchups going on but um it's college football week three nonetheless ready to get into it and ready to talk about it and i think we want to start out with you know probably the most surprising game of the weekend which was you know the longhorns stepping in and going into tuscaloosa and actually pulling off what i think a decent amount of people thought that they were going to do, you know, I'll say it for the both of us. We were both very wrong. Um, We thought Alabama would take care of business, but they did not. Yeah, no, it was, um, I actually didn't get to sit down and watch the game a whole lot. I was at a baseball game, but I was keeping up with the score whilst at said baseball game. And at halftime, I was like, what in the world is going on? It was 13 to 6. Bama wasn't putting up any kind of points, which first quarter, sure, I figured they might be a little slow out the gate. Um, But second half, I think you mentioned him last week, um, but I think Quinn Ewers, other than Xavier Worthy, kind of his favorite target being Jatavian Sanders, tied in, who I liked a lot last year. Um, was kind of quiet for the most part for the first week of the season. He had a touchdown last week, only two catches, though. Uh, kind of broke out in this game, it looks like. Six catches, 114 yards – or five catches, 114 yards, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, typically, you know, this defense is either super good for Alabama and the offense is able to kind of trudge their way down the field or the offense is better than normal and the defense is good enough – but they just seemed outmatched across the field. And I don't know if the energy was low or what it was, or they're making Milrow not play to his suit, trying to stand in the pocket a little bit more. But this was closer on the scoreboard, I think, than it actually was in reality. Yeah, you could definitely say that. I did watch most of this game. Um, and a couple things I noticed, A, yes, I feel like it – 
there was the potential for it to be even a bigger win than it was. Um, you know, Texas just didn't finish off a couple drives. However, I will say that, you know, one thing I kind of wanted to touch on was Alabama's offensive line for the most part of the game got manhandled. Um, Texas's defensive line was creating problems for Milrow and just his rhythm the entire game. Um, I, I'm, I don't know a ton about Jalen Milrow. I, you know, saw him played, I think he played very briefly last year, kind of towards the end of like some blowout games or yeah. something like that. Um, but I would say, you know, after the first quarter, about 50% of his dropbacks, it looked like he wanted to run after a second, a second and a half being in the pocket. It looked like he was looking downfield for maybe a split second. And if he didn't see anything that he liked immediately, it was get me out of this pocket. I'm going to try to run. Yeah. Um, which if you're playing all these top teams, you know, being able to scramble is great and all, but it's not how you're going to win football games. Don't get me wrong. The dudes, he has an arm for sure. We saw it on that one touchdown pass. Uh, it was like 50 yards in the air or something like that. Put it right on there. Um, but he also threw two interceptions that for the most part were right to Texas. Yeah. I mean, threw it right to him. Um, you know, those are big momentum killers, especially I think the I think the second one was sometime in the in the third or fourth quarter when they were already down. Um, and when you're trying to come back, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about momentum killers, you know, you score a touchdown, you get a stop and then you go back out there and you just throw a ball straight to straight to the defense. I mean, it, it kind of really killed everything it, it seemed like the whole game they would get a little bit of something going and then just couldn't capitalize and texas was they kept their offense on the field um i think they got the ball with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter alabama never got it back it was like anywhere in between five or seven minutes left in the game just alabama the just didn't get the ball back that's the way it should be and i feel like generally you know, Alabama can go out there with their, especially with their front and just kind of dominate and get the ball back for their offense. Couldn't do it. And this was just not the same Nick Saban team that we're used to seeing. Um, I'm very much not sold on Jalen Milrow. Um, The offense just looked very uncoordinated. The passes that they did complete were, he was scrambling. And I know they, from what you have said, he's a little bit better when he's out of the pocket and kind of making things happen. But it just it seemed very just kind of on the mm-hmm. on the fly, just not really put together. Um, and I feel like they're gonna Alabama's gonna have to get a lot better if they want to really compete for the SEC. It it's not that they can't win it now, um, but they're gonna have to do a whole lot. Um, as for Texas. They look great, but, you know, they beat a number three Alabama team where it's, you know, second week of the season. They're not a, you know, cemented number three team. Um, We'll have to see how Alabama plays to kind of compare how good of a win that truly is. But, I mean, regardless, they went into Tuscaloosa and they beat a top five Alabama team. 
So hats off to them. Yeah, I'll say, great. you know, wrapping that up, it definitely, you know, shook up. Obviously, the, the rankings right now don't necessarily matter as much because the first real important thing was when the, the CFP releases their first top four. Um, but for the first time, I think it's since like 2017 or so, um, for technically, I think the top five places for the first time since 2017 um, represent all five power, you know, power five conferences with Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas, and USC. Um, so I think that's, you know, whether Alabama's weaker this year, I think it's kind of cool to see better yeah, competition great, for sure. all mm-hmm. around. Um, I will say it's, I think, opens the door open more in the SEC, which would be nice. Obviously, Texas A&M losing to Miami, too, was kind of a big um, blow there for them and be interesting to see kind of how the West and the SEC ends up shaping up. Obviously, everyone now, LSU one loss, Alabama one loss, A&M one loss. Um, Ole Miss is still sitting there 2-0. and um, So it's going to be interesting there. But overall, I'm pretty pretty happy with the, I guess, competition across the board in all conferences. And people are talking their trash in the SEC, which is kind of funny to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a complete side note to a very quick point that you made, Made me feel good to see a uh, and M already go down in week two. It it, <laughs> it really, you know, it warmed my heart. It was to kind of stop that talk already. You know, the talk was they finally have an offense. They're going to go out there and then they're going to beat Miami and then they're going to be two and zero and the train's going to start going. And it was already that flame was already stifled. Yeah, no, I think we that's... We got to take care of that pretty quickly. It, it, it was not, personally, I, I enjoyed it. It's That's the thing with A&M and similar to LSU. It's There's no lack of talent there. Like, the receivers across the board are so good, but they clearly showed issues in the secondary. And whereas a couple of years ago, A&M's, you know, they're very focused on the front seven of their defense is typically pretty strong. Um, but their secondary is weak. And if that offense stifles at all and can't put up points with the opposing team, which kind of they ran into and making a few mistakes, then they're going to find themselves down and they're playing catch up. And, you know, when you start doubling Evan Stewart, doubling, uh, what's that other guy that got there? I can't think of his name right now, uh, but obviously Muhammad Moose and the other kid, the new kid who's good. But anyway, um, lots of fun stuff. Uh, this upcoming week, not as many top-ranked matches, but there is a lot of you know conference play starting for teams. Um, so we're not going to focus on too many games. I think we're going to touch on here real quick on the uh, Washington game against the Michigan State Spartans, which is a non-conference game. But nonetheless, I think kind of picking up on our Michael Penix, or I should say Jacob's Michael Penix Heisman pick for the year and my latching on after the fact. Um, But once again, had a fantastic week last week. Um, I think they're a 16-point favorite right now. Michigan State, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched a whole lot of them play, if any at all. Um, I have seen that they've been large dogs so far, I think, 
in a game. Are they two and zero? I don't know. They are two. They are okay. I'm just speaking nonsense. Um, played Richmond last week, which you know the Richmond Spiders. Definitely more of a March Madness kind of team than they are football. It's it's a- um, but you know what? They've they've gone out and they've played some pretty good football. Um, you know, with news coming out about Mel Tucker, we won't really oh, touch yeah. a whole yeah. lot on that. Um, I, I don't know how much it's going to impact the team. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a whole lot to unpack there. Not really going to go into that. We'll just um, sidestep that whole thing. Yeah, we'll, we're going to sidestep. <laughs> yeah for now um but as far as the football goes they have played some pretty solid football um they've taken care of business when they needed to um and so i applaud them for that you know central michigan wasn't really that much of a test uh, neither was richmond um it looks like kim their new starting quarterback has gotten off to a decent start um but i think you know even though it's in spartan stadium which is not an easy place to play. Um, I don't see Michael Penix going in there and having all that many issues. Um, I think he's gonna think he's gonna run out there, and Washington's gonna show him why they're regarded as one of the best offenses in the country. Um, and they're just gonna take care of business. I don't think it's gonna be embarrassing or anything like that. I think Michigan State will put up a put up a decent fight, but you know, the Huskies are ranked number eight in the country for a reason. And they're going to show why. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just taking a look and it seems like Michigan state, you know, their running back seems to be pretty decent. He's averaging six yards a carry about just over 110 yards a game so far. So I feel like they're probably going to lean on that. If I'm Michigan state, I'm probably kicking myself that Keon Coleman's gone. Um, after seeing what he's done so far this season for Florida State. Um, Dude so, is real good. Yeah, he's a freak. Real um, good. So I think, like you said, Washington offense is just – like I kind of talked about last week, they're not even – Penix is that good, but like his supporting cast is phenomenal. Um, they're very physical receivers. They know how to run routes. They get open. Um, Adunze 6'3". I think McMillan's even bigger than that, maybe 6'4", 6'5". These guys are going to be flying all over the field. I don't think they're going to be able to be stopped by Michigan State. They probably can cover the spread, but you know Michigan State is still a, a powerhouse program. They're not going to just keel over probably. I mean, they're going to score but, some points, Washington <laughs> – their defense, you know, we talk so much about their offense. Their defense has kind of gotten off to a slow start. They're already averaging, letting up 360 yards allowed a game, and that's against Tulsa and Boise State, um, which is probably less than you would want to be. It's more than, excuse me, more than you would want to be giving up Um in your first two kind of non-conference kind of getting the season started games. But um, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't really change the prediction. Um, so we're going feeling, feeling all like a 45 okay. to 24, 45 to 24. Okay. So 17. So you've got them covering there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to take the Huskies and, 
I'm going to reel it back a little bit. Not much different, but I'm going to say it's 38 to 21. It's going to be my... No, I'm going to change that, actually. Taking that back. Just covering. Changing it again. Okay. It's going to be 38 to 17. Okay. I think that Michigan State first puts up a field goal on the board, and then they come back with two touchdowns in the second half to try and scrape their way back. But Washington's just clear at this point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I will say the 45 just kind of came out of my mouth. That's that's yeah. quite a few points. I mean, they're averaging quite a few 45 points, points but, a game. So, I mean, it's not um, 56 yeah, or 45. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I think Washington's got that in the bag. Uh, what else? What else we got going on this week? I got a question for you. Just throwing yeah. this one right at you. Hit me. Colorado as a team. Yeah. How do we how do we feel about them? Because me personally, I don't understand why everybody was some I, I feel like some definitely out there were enamored and, and thought that the Nebraska game was gonna be a lot closer. I didn't think it was gonna be close at all. Number nothing I, against Nebraska and Matt Rule. I mean, shout out. Shout out, Matt. <laughs> Did some good things for Baylor, but um, I mean, I don't think they have found their quarterback yet, and I think they do some decent things, do some good things on defense, but besides that, I they still got some ways to go. Yeah, so for me, I didn't predict this game to be that close. Um, I actually was expecting Colorado to pull away like immediately with just the sheer amount of talent they have, but it was only what 13 to zero at half and Colorado punted on their very first, their first four drives. Um, and then they scored the, you know, their next three drives there before going into half. But so clearly it took them a little bit to get things worked out, figuring out kind of how Nebraska was going to end up playing them. And they kind of unlocked it from there. But I think for me, based on the two games we've seen so far, there's no denying the talent that Dion has brought there and kind of those kids are bought into what he's selling essentially as a program and raising them not only as athletes, but, you know, turning them into young men and, being successful adults is kind of what he talks about and they fully back that and they're all for it. And I think that's really motivating them Um, down the line where they run into a team that can score just as much as they can, like USC, like Washington, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they persevere through that. Um, but I am definitely impressed so far through two games, and I expect them. Let's see. Let me pull up their their schedule. I know we talked I about mean, it previously. How they've turned it around. How you know? Oh, yeah. Coach Prime has turned it around so quickly. I mean, you got to give props to him on that. I'm, you know, I won't say that like I'm for or against Colorado. Really, they're a neutral team for me. I just I don't know if I'm completely sold. I think they're 18 in the country right now. Um, you know, bordering on that kind of top 15. Um, and I, I, I still think it's still hard to judge exactly yeah. how good they are until they play, you know, in Oregon, Yeah, you yeah. know, fringe top 15, fringe top 10. 
Um, they did Oregon did struggle a little bit with Tech this week, um, but it was it was in Lubbock. You know, it's a tough place to play. They love their Red you're Raider just, football out there. You're thinking about, you know, am I going to get out of Lubbock is the first thing when you get to Lubbock, and that's probably weighing on their minds playing a football game. And then you're also thinking, I really want to get out of Lubbock. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's kind of this vortex. Am of, I going to get out? And yeah. please, can I get out? Yeah, I'm tired of eating chilies because that's all that's here. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think, you know, they play Sorry, Colorado State. <laughs> Sorry, Texas Tech fans. Um, they play Colorado State this week, which I think they probably blow them out of the water there. But then that's kind of their next real test is Oregon and USC back-to-back um, on the road and then at home. I think that's when you'll notice also this kind of the national media will be picking up those games because those are going to be highlight games to see what that team can really do in the spotlight. Um, so, yeah, I think it's what, what they've done so far is impressive. Again, obviously bringing in an entirely new team. It's it's one thing to be like, oh, you turned around a team that's still there and like it's now a winning program. But like th- there's none of these kids are the same kids from last year. So, yeah, yeah. kind of. Take that for with sure. a grain of salt, if you will. But, yeah, it's definitely Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, Worthy, Horn Jr. I mean, all these guys on offense are stupid good. So I'm definitely going to be continuing to tune into them and seeing kind of what they do as the season goes on. But, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, and then uh, I think we're just going to get into our last game that we kind of want to talk about, which is – South Carolina and Georgia. That it seems beautiful. it seems like to be the, you know, we have LSU, uh, Mississippi State, um, which I know that you'll be looking forward to a little bit. Um, you know, we have the perennial matchup of the season, which is Baylor versus Long Island University. <laughs> <laughs> I Long to, Island. to to be completely honest, I did not know that there was a Long Island University until I saw them on the schedule for this year. Um, I've been to Long Island and I've never heard of Long Island. Yeah, uh, they're the Sharks for anybody that, that doesn't know. Is, I can see that. Um, you know, we're just we're just gonna move on and and not go into fifteen or twenty minutes like we did last week about um, Baylor and how they could have pulled it out against Utah. We're, we're not going to put y'all through that again. Um, but yeah, just getting into South Carolina and Georgia a little bit. I think the overarching just kind of um, story for me, at least is the only thing I'm, I'm watching for really is Carson Beck. This is kind of his, this is kind of his first go around as, you know, the guy at the helm of Georgia, he's in charge, and now he's got his first real test. I mean, they they started out the season against UT Martin, and then they played Ball State, um, which, you know, they took care of pretty handily. Um, but now you have South Carolina, a team that I really liked at the beginning of the season. Um, and they, they did, you know, lose early to North Carolina, but that's a pretty good North Carolina team. Um, but it seems like they picked it back up last weekend against Furman, um, winning 40, 47 to 21. And it'll be interesting to see, um, if the Georgia team of last year is kind of still in this Georgia team of this year. 
Um, and if they're able to put some points up on the board, uh, like they were able to all of last year, and if Carson Beck can at least be kind of that presence, at the very least, that Stetson Bennett was, which is just kind of the not going to blow your socks off really, but can still the game manager gets it done, still put up quite a bit of yards and, you know, throw a couple touchdowns wide open. It's kind of hard not to with this team. You know, you got Brock Bowers out there. Uh, He sure doesn't hurt. Yeah. My God, he's good. They got some athletes and they, they always do. I think this game last year, and I'm, I'm kind of more focused on South Carolina in this game. I, I think Georgia wins it. No problem. But, Looking to see what Spencer Rattler can do. Um, they got absolutely mollywhopped by Georgia last year, forty-eight to seven. Rattler threw two picks, barely over a hundred yards. Um, one thing I just noticed: neither one of these teams has a running back that has at least a hundred yards so far. Not one game, hundred yards total. Um, Georgia leading rusher was eighty-eight yards, and I see that South Carolina's leading rusher sixty-five yards. This leads me to believe, Jacob, that this will be a throwing matchup through and through. Both sides of the ball, spread offenses, motion plays, getting receivers open on crossing routes, slinging it around, which I am all for. I'm excited to see that. It comes down to the decisions, the throws that Rattler ends up making. Too often do I see him throwing a ball into coverage that shouldn't be thrown or literally just not even seeing a defender in front of him throwing very almost if you watch the Monday night football game, very Zach Wilson where the linebacker literally didn't move the entire play and he just threw it straight to him. Um, oh, Zach, I'm sorry. Catching straight. Yeah. You're catching straight. We'll, we'll get into that on the, the other one, but sorry. Bro. Um, it's, for him to be successful at the next level, he really needs to show that he's progressed in this area. And I'll be honest, so far I haven't seen it. Um, and playing in a big game against Georgia is the place to prove it. Last year you kind of saw that in the Tennessee game when Tennessee, you know, obviously they lost Hendon Hooker. Um, but this is the opportunity for him going forward into potentially being a draft this year. I think um, – this game says everything for him. So I'm going to be watching for him and kind of his draft profile and what to expect um, in growth terms. But I still think Georgia probably beats him. It, it might be closer with, with than With all that being said, yeah. it's. I think it's probably not going to be 30, all that close. Let's see. I think they were like 37 point favorites or something. They're 27. 27. 27 okay. I got the half. seven right. Uh, uh, I put it at like a 24 mark. I yeah, think. I could see them covering, but maybe just not being all that close. One of those, you get it to within 24 with a touchdown yeah. with two or three minutes left from 31 to make it 24. Yeah, I could see this being like a 41-21 type of game or 41-24 type of game. Yeah, a nice 38-14. Uh, to 14. Yeah, it's. I think Georgia's just too big and physical, and it, it is in Athens, so you're on the road. It's loud, going up against some big boys. I just, I don't think Beamer is going to lead the the team out there for a victory, which is you know is what it is. But 
Yeah, as much as I picked him as my sleeper team, I'm <laughs> I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong, South Carolina, I'm rooting for you. However, I just need to pick y'all in different games. I don't yeah. think this is the one. I mean, they let Furman score 21 points. They did week. let Furman score 21. Like this is this Georgia. This is the back-to-back national champion, you know. So Kirby Smart's boys. Kirby Smart's boys. Big old boys. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap us up here, folks. We hope that you guys have a great weekend watching college football. We'll be there watching right with you. I'll be tuning in, of course, to my Tigers and Jacob Baylor, and I'm sure Michigan as well. Um, But make sure you catch all the good action, and we will see you next week. And make sure you follow, like, subscribe, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Internet, anything you can do. Tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. Click all the buttons. Click all the buttons. That's all you can do. It doesn't cost you anything. Just click all the buttons. We'll see you next week, y'all. Thanks.